especially during COVID, for example, my wife is, is very extroverted. She needs other people around. We, we were both working from home and I was thriving while she was suffering because she needed other people around her to be, to be effective. Because extroverts, they're externally focused. They're focused on other people. So they're good communicators. They're good at sales, uh, customer service, and things like that. I'm more more of a geek and a data guy, so I need I need my quiet space and quiet time to focus. And... Welcome back to the Work From Home Forever podcast. And on today's episode, we've got Andre. Andre is a psychology-driven digital marketer. So, Andre, welcome to the show, and why don't you tell us about yourself? Well, thank you for having me, Don. Uh, well, as, as you mentioned, I'm a psychology-driven digital marketing expert. Uh, I've been doing digital marketing for about 12 years now, and I position myself as a psychology-driven digital marketer because I think this is where a lot of digital marketers are missing out. I think understanding human psychology and consumer behavior is where the money is. So especially if you have a limited marketing budget, you just want to hit the right spots. And I think psychology and knowing the human psyche really helps building the marketing campaigns with really high ROIs. In your 12 years experience, what what has changed? What have you seen differently that that people respond to? Uh, To be honest with you, the beauty of knowing psychology and human psyche is because it barely changes over the years or even thousands of years the technology changes the delivery methods change but the psychology is really hardwired and it's hard to change and uh, knowing this uh, the depths of psychology and how how people react to different things uh, i think it's the basis for for any digital marketing or any communicator uh, the technology is going to change. It will be changing, especially with the uh, growth of AI technologies right now. But we are unlikely to change anytime soon. Yeah, I would say probably people want that dopamine hit, you know, whether it's the caveman and wanted sustenance and food. And now it's the clicks and likes and that social media gives us. So super yeah, interesting. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, on this show, so we're talking about your journey, your work from home forever journey. And on the survey that you filled out, you talked about a couple big drivers for working from home. One of these that was interesting to me was that you talked about the time and cost of the commute and renting a workspace. So have you done the math? Have you figured out how much time and money you're saving with a switch to working from home? Yeah, so I've, I've done the calculations in terms of the cost of the fuel and then uh, the more you use your car, the, the more often it breaks down. So you have to account for this as well. Uh, and because I was working for myself, I was renting different office spaces and uh, hot desks, and that costs money as well. But the biggest disadvantage of uh, having to go to an office is this time, wasting time. The time which could be used for basically doing more work, spending more time with your family, working out, taking a walk, things like that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, it's that flexibility you you can choose exactly what how you want to spend your time and what you want to do. Question for you though, do you think you work more now working from home? You don't have the commute versus going into an office in that shared workspace you talked about? Yeah, I definitely do. I get more more free time basically. I'm able to wake wake up earlier, do the workout and I start working 
earlier than I used to compared to working from an office or working for uh, someone else's company as an employee. Sometimes uh, I work late at nights, I do weekends, but uh, it's, it's not just because I'm a workaholic, it's, it's because uh, I love what I'm doing. And obviously, all the time that you're getting from not having to travel somewhere else is, is better spent working because the over the years, the ROI of this will be much higher. Sure. You're definitely metric driven, right? You just kind of talked about the ROI of it, uh, you know, from a time, from the cost standpoint. So love the way you think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we were, we were alive for just a fraction of a time and uh, you have to make sure that every minute you spend on, on the earth is, is well spent. So I'd rather spend some time working or spending it with, with my family, friends, than commuting. Yeah, it always goes back to, you know, the recurring theme of exchanging your time for money, right? If you think about the typical W-2, you know, in the U.S. or a typical work arrangement, you, you're giving up time for, to your employer for, for compensation. And the way you structured it is that you you kind of take some of that back, right? So I think that's, I think that's something that people want to get to. Yeah. I mean, as you grow as a, as a professional, you're able to maximize your output in terms of the money you can produce for yourself. But where we all equal is the amount of time we have in a day. That doesn't change for anyone. <laughs> Whether you're Elon Musk, who's highly effective with his time, or uh, you're someone uh, like me. I'm, I'm not claiming to be like Elon Musk. I'm not as productive as this guy. But we all have 24 hours in a day. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. nicely framed. In the survey, you talked about how you're an introvert. In having these conversations, I find that a lot of the people I talk to that are work from home advocates, if you will, they they also lean towards the introverted side as well. So can you tell me more about your your introverted nature and how remote work suits you better? Yeah, sure. So as an introvert, my attention is focused inwards and I'm a very analytical person. So I'm really good at working on my own uh, without any distraction, without any uh, extroverted activities around me because uh, I like working with data. So being in my own home environment, home office, I'm able to isolate myself from noise, from unnecessary small talk and things like that and just focus on what I do best. It doesn't mean that I don't miss the office environment and the chat with other people, but it just means that I miss it a lot less than extroverted people. So um, especially during COVID, for example, my wife is, is very extroverted. She needs other people around. We, we were both working from home and I was thriving while she was suffering because she needed other people around her to be to be effective because extroverts they're externally focused they're focused on other people so they're good communicators they're good at sales uh, customer service and things like that i'm more more of a geek and a data guy so i need i need my quiet space and quiet time to focus and it's just because i work best in this mode that's the only reason i, I chose working from home yeah, it's a very similar dynamic that we had in my house where my wife is uh, very much an extrovert. Uh, she's a teacher, so she loves mm -hmm. to be, it's essentially a stage for her, right? Being in front of the classroom and, and teaching, whereas I tend to lean more like you. I, I like to I like to look at the numbers, the analytics side of things. So it, I can feel you, you know, from, from that standpoint. So one of the things you did talk about, the social dynamics of an office environment, it's something that you do miss to some extent, maybe less as an extrovert. I think part of what I think of is it can be easy to fall into a comfort zone when you're in your own space. So how do you push yourself 
to continually be outside of your comfort zone during your work day? Yeah, I think it's the biggest challenge. Uh, so staying focused, staying disciplined, and avoid any distractions, staying on course. Uh, because in the office environment, the, the factor of other people being around somehow mobilizes you and uh, makes you aware that other, you're competing with other people. They're looking at you, they're comparing yourself to, to them or to others. So you, you're more focused on putting most of your time to work and avoiding distractions. When you're alone, uh, it's it's only you against you. So you have to, and, and your mind is constantly trying to distract you because that's that's how we build, it's human nature. Because we, we're always using for an easier path. An easier path would be to chill and Netflix. <laughs> and I think the way I dealt with it is I just eliminated all these distractions uh, that could possibly distract me from work. So getting rid of any games on my computer, getting rid of uh, Netflix, or just uh, asking my wife to change the password and just don't like ask her not to tell me the password, what the password is. Um, yeah, things like that. And um, setting deadlines really helps and uh, having some sort of accountability partner or basically just promising people that you will deliver something by a specific date and time. Um, that that helps to keep yourself motivated and avoid any distractions. So you bring up a good point about how do you manage, if you're laser focused on work, on a task, I got to hit this deadline. And I know my, it happens all the time. My wife is, forgot what show she's watching right now. She's watching something called You on Netflix. And it's mm -hmm. like the second part of the season just came out and she's going to go through this, whatever, five episode yeah. season by ended tomorrow, right? So she, she's just going to grind through. How do you make sure that everyone's happy at home, but you're still able to kind of just plug into work and just and just grind it out? How do you how do you manage that when you've got other competing personalities in the home? Well, first of all, we, we have a very different taste in terms of uh, the series or the movies we like to watch. So that really helps. I'm, I'm not distracted when she's watching something. She, she likes murder movies and detective stories and stuff like that i'm more of a comedy guy like uh, the office for example sure um, yep love that so, yeah, she ha she she hates that kind of humor she thinks it's awkward so yeah it really helps to have different tastes and having specific uh, time blocks for everything i do so for example if i work i have specific rule that i work from this hours from this hour to this hour specifically and then i have specific hours for workout and then i have specific time blocks for spending it with my wife for example so these things rarely overlap and i'm trying to avoid this overlap and i'm i'm trying to allocate at least one full day every week which is usually sunday where i just uh, i'm off my computer off my phone off the screen I'm just with my wife, with my cat, or somewhere outside. Yeah, it's important to make sure that you've got time for others. You know, you're unplugged. To make sure you're present. You know, not having a screen distracting you. So that's a that's a great great best practice. Now you mentioned that you're self-employed. Is that right? Yes, I am. So how do you stay engaged with your clients? Is there a certain amount of You've got to socialize with them, take them out to, you know, wine and dine them to, to manage your client base or when you're delivering on a presentation, for example, to, to for your deliverables, like how, how do you stay engaged with them? Is it all remote or is it a mix of in-person? Well, as an introvert, of course, 
it's more convenient for me to have a remote conversations with my clients. But over the years, I realized that nothing replaces the live conversation and the live talk with, with your customers. So I try to get out and meet my customers face to face because the level of your relationship is just much higher when you meet face to face in a physical environment. And I think all the money are in the relationships. So if, if you're in business and uh, you're probably in business to make money, everyone wants to make money from what they're doing. Yep. And the most effective way to do it is to build relationships. Because I've seen specialists that are really good at what they're doing, but they're just not good at communicating and building relationships. And they would lose to people who are maybe not as good as professionals in the professional field, but they're really good communicators and relationship builders. So I think for, for all the introverts that are listening to this podcast, I would say, I know it's uncomfortable, but go out of your comfort zone and start building relationships in, in, in a face-to-face environment because that's, that's where the money is, that's where the referrals are. That's, that's how you feel really appreciated because no amount of digital reviews or feedback will replace the person saying thank you. Literally. How do you prospect? Is this something where you make the time to respond to a lot of these digital inquiries and, and set up an a, a in-person call? Or is it you start out remotely? Like, How do you build that business, build those relationships when you're working from home and you, you tend to lean more towards the introverted nature? So my main strategy to generate new business is called emailing. So how it works is I, I make a list of all the target companies I'd like to work with and I, I identify the decision makers within these companies. And then I, uh, I find their contact details, including their business email. Um, I would warm up my own email address so that all my cold emails land in the inbox or as many as possible. And uh, then the next stage of the funnel would be them having uh, either a face-to-face or a video conference call with me where I could just uh, provide them with some initial value like uh, uh, auditing their website or their digital marketing strategy and so on. But mainly, yes, it's uh, cold emails, sometimes LinkedIn outreach. Sure. So digital first and then depending on what the customer needs are. So may, maybe if they say, hey, Andre, why don't you come on in? We'll, we'll talk face-to-face in our office. Yeah. Um, or So you're, you're yeah. flexible. Di- yeah. I mean, digital first only because at this initial stage where you have a bunch of cold prospects, this is the most effective and the most scalable way. But uh, as soon as you start converting some of them, this is when I would try to convert in, into a face-to-face or at least a phone call where I could have a more personal conversation with these prospects. You talked a little bit earlier about apps and best practices you use to, to meet your commitments and hit your deadlines. Are there any apps or productivity tools that you would recommend to people who work from home to help them continue to hit their deadlines and remain productive? Well, I would say you should definitely use some kind of a project management software. So I personally use Plutio. Uh, so if you go to Plutio.com, they have some affordable plans. Uh, I like Plutio because it's uh, uh, because of its um, user experience interface and it has all the functionality I need. Nothing fancy, but you can use any project management software that you like. But as long as it integrates with your calendars. So, for example. I have several different calendars and I would like to uh, sync all of these calendars in one place. So for example, if I book a meeting for my business, uh, 
I can see that this time is blocked on my personal calendar as well. So yeah, I think time blocking and uh, managing everything that you do in life as projects really help. So it doesn't only apply to work. For example, if I have some house projects or if I have to see someone or meet a friend or do something for my wife or my family, I would still treat it as a project. Got it. Uh, so I would create different stages or a Kanban flow, something that I have to do urgently, something that's not that, that urgent, something that I have to focus on today, something that I'm currently focusing on, or the tasks that are already done so I can see what's, what's been done and analyze analyze uh, how I've done it and how much time it's, it's taken. So, yeah. so Andre, you and I, I it feels like we're kindred spirits, right? Because uh, I like to be efficient. I like to be, to make sure you map out my day. I don't know if I, so I don't use project management software. That's not necessarily, you know, for my own work life. Uh, it's it's not something that I, I use, but from a process standpoint, I, I like to make sure I am as efficient as possible, making sure I, I know, know my numbers, you know, where I am on a specific project or, you know, when do I have to pick up the kids or it's that structure that helps me throughout my day. And it sounds like that's something that's very helpful for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. So you talked about the need to separate your work and living space if possible. So specifically, you commented not to eat or sleep in the same room where you work. So why is it important to you to, you to keep those spaces separate? Hmm. Because when we work uh, at our desk, for example, we, we prime. So going back to psychology, we prime our psyche and we prime ourselves that uh, this desk and this computer is when I'm in a working mode. So whenever you're trying to relax at the same place, because you've spent more time working at this place, you're already primed to be in a working mode and maybe experience some kind of stress as well. So it's probably not a good idea to mix this two, mix two different things like uh, the downtime and the working time using the same space so i think having different spaces around your house for different purposes is, is a great way to prime yourself for example if i know that i'm relaxing in my bedroom uh, i won't take any phones with me we don't have a tv in our bedroom as well so the, the only thing that's allowed is a book whether electronic or a paperback book but because it's the space where we relax and we don't want to bring any work into that space and it really helps was that something that you introduced early on in your relationship with, with your wife and your, your living situation? Or was there something that changed that you said, hey, we need to stop this. We need to clearly define what our, our what the bedroom is versus the, you know, the office versus living room, et cetera? Yeah, it took us some time to, to come to that conclusion. Uh, we never had a TV in our room, which which we never wanted in, to begin with. But I think the problem that we had is we, we, both of us, we had our phones when we were falling asleep. So we would end up spending an hour or two just on our screen, you know, scrolling through the, uh, the news feed or uh, social media. And it just, um, it's not good for your, for your sleep. And uh, these screens, they have blue lights, which is just not good for your for your sleep either so it just messes with your biorhythms so yeah no screens in the bedroom yeah i found myself that that's the trap that you fall into at the end of the day routine where take care of uh family life kind of take care of work and it's easy to just kind of 
do mind mindless things on the phone, scroll on reels or TikToks or whatnot. But but you're right. I, I found that it impacts my sleep negatively, and I need to be more disciplined about putting it away. What do they say? Like an hour before your your normal sleep time. Uh, it's it's definitely something that I need to do a lot better. Well, what really helps uh, to get rid of these screens is just ask yourself, when was the last time you saw something really, really useful on social media <laughs> that changed your life? Yeah, no, 100%. There's, uh, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of influencers, a lot of, a lot of folks that say the same things over and over. So you're right. It is not uh, nothing earth shattering that's happening on social media. Well, so Andre, thank you for, for being on the show with us. If you've got time, we still have uh, a few rapid fire questions that we'd like to ask before we wrap up. Is that, uh, does that work for you? Sure, Don. Fire away. All right, good. So the first one is, as a professional in the digital marketing field, how do you feel about chat GPT and other advances in AI? Well, it's my daily assistant right now. I've been using chat GPT since uh, the beginning of December. I'm using chat GPT version GPT-4 now. And it's it's been really helpful. It just maximizes my output and I'm able to, to scale my own output as well. So I do a lot of uh, SEO-related tasks using uh, GP, chat GPT, like uh, a keyword research, um, keyword clustering, mapping out the content, uh, researching content, and so on. I use it for many different purposes. And at this point, I see it, as an assistance and as a multiplication of my output. But in the long term, I see that there's definitely a threat to all intellectual workers, as they call. So anyone who works with information, anyone who spends a lot of time in front of a computer screen, I think a lot of these professions, they have to be careful because we could be soon replaced by AI. So my focus right now is diversifying my skills as much as possible. So I try to learn some development, uh, some design. And I think it's just uh, it's a, like a safeguard because we, we might be soon replaced. And there's there's definitely a threat because I see a lot of companies replacing their, for example, junior developers with ChatGPT. Hmm. So, yeah, that's interesting. OK, appreciate that take. The topic of pension reform in France possibly increasing the retirement age has resulted in violent protests. How would you react if the government extended the retirement age in a similar fashion? To be honest with you, I don't trust pension funds and the government guaranteeing me my pension because the world is changing. The life expectancy is going to change, so we would probably have will have to live longer so it's it's only natural to see that the pension age is increasing but i think uh, especially because i'm self-employed my focus is on creating you know, or building some assets that will pay for for my life in future rather than just expecting the government or a pension fund to cover my living costs so it, it's it's good if this could be guaranteed but I know that it's going to be changing and I'm not relying on, on these guarantees. I just want to focus my time and my efforts and energy on building assets that will pay for my future. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's fair. I'm, I'm aligned with you as well. I think you're in the UK. Is that right? Yes, yes, I am. I'm not, I'm not familiar with this, but what is the, what is the quote unquote retirement age in the UK? To be honest with you, I don't even know exactly. I think it's sixty. I think it's sixty-five for men. I'm not sure if it's different for females and men, but sure. I can check. 
I think that's similar to the U.S. where I, I think at a certain age, I think it was probably, I want to say in the 60s or 70s, where it was 65 is when retirees could collect their full Social Security benefits. And then they extended it out to 66 or 67. So they've been slowly creeping that mm-hmm. up as well, similar to your point. Yeah. So, so I just checked it. It's 66 years old for both men and women, mm. but it will be increasing from the 6th of May. So here you go. Okay. I think it's uh, everyone living longer with the med- access to medicine and uh, that, that extends yeah, people's it's, lives. It's, it's, the, it's the carrot that just keeps getting away from you. Right. Another question for you. So how much money would you need to be offered to go back to a traditional five-day, 40-plus hour a week in-office job? Oh, that's an interesting question. I haven't thought about it, to be honest. Uh, it's, it's not only about money. It's, it's about freedom and about freedom to express yourself and being able to apply your skills in a way that you want to apply them and not sticking to someone else's strategy. But of course, there's plenty of interesting companies or interesting startups where I could potentially work. Um, I could I could consider it, especially if, for example, a company has a, a work-from-home policy or a hybrid working policy in place. Why not? In terms of money, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. I would throw at least start with a million dollars a year. Come on, let's 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 uh, or a million pounds a year. I don't think it's realistic. At least in the UK, the, the UK salaries on average are much lower than US salaries, and the expenses are growing due to the world crisis right now. Sure. But so, well, I think a salary that starts from fifty to sixty k, I could consider it. If, if it's an interesting project to work on. Sure. Okay. Fair enough. Last question I have for you is there's a lot of office space around the world and there's a strong argument from employees about working from home, which is what we're talking about today. So what happens to all these massive office complex in the next 10 years? You mean uh, commercial buildings, uh, office spaces? Yeah. So if you think about it, I think I read in the news uh, the last couple of weeks that Amazon paused construction on HQ2. You know, you've got these big Google complexes that are kind of revered throughout the world. There's a lot of space. What do these spaces look like if the work from home, remote work workers win? Well, I'm sure that people are creative enough to find some new use cases for these spaces. I don't know, some of them could potentially be converted into apartments. Some of them could be used for co-working spaces because... We still have some extroverts that would prefer to work from an office environment. (laughs) Sure. There you go. Uh, I don't know, escape rooms, stuff like that. You could build out some really funky escape rooms for uh, (laughs) with some of the spaces around here. So, yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting take. I like that one. Well, Andre, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast and telling your work from home forever story. How can our listeners get a hold of you if they want to find out more about you? Yeah, so they can find me on LinkedIn. Yeah, we will definitely tag you on LinkedIn, Andre. We will post it in our show notes, post it on the website. People can find you through through those formats. Again, is there any any last words or any any last pieces of advice for the work from home community? So, if you're enjoying working from home, just don't sell yourself to a job opportunity where they make you working from office. There's there's plenty of working from home opportunities. So stay true to 
stay true to your nature and to the way you you'd like to work and building accountability and perseverance and discipline into your work and you'll be fine so the so discipline and accountability are the biggest issues with working from home so if you can tackle this problem you're really good to go and uh, so if people want to reach me uh, they can find me on linkedin or on my website which is tformat.co.uk if they have any questions about working from home or running digital marketing agency i'll be able to answer these questions if they want to well thanks so much andre again i love it it's the perseverance the accountability and the discipline i think that's exactly what people who are successful in in managing their work from home careers i think those are the three pillars if you will thanks for your time i really enjoyed hearing your story and appreciate appreciate your time you spent with us today thanks andre thank you thank you don my pleasure i really enjoyed it Thanks again to Andre for his time and joining us on the podcast. I've got a couple takeaways after my conversation with Andre. So number one, Andre talked about how we all have 24 hours in a day. And I love the way he frames this up. With that 24-hour structure, how do we want to allocate that time? Our time. In the work world, there's a process of bottom slicing, whether it's customers or activities that do not add value. Or, in some cases, takes away value from you. Working from home allows Andre to remove the commute, which adds no value to his life, and he can spend more time with his family, his friends, his cat, or getting more projects done for his clients. Number two, during the rapid fire session, I asked Andre his perspectives on ChatGPT as a digital marketer. He talked about it as a tool that helps him improve his efficiency. The interesting insight is Andre talked about his need to expand his skill sets with design and development as a way to hedge in case ChatGPT and other tools that are likely to arise may compete with his current digital marketing business. It's always a good idea to understand technological developments and to continue honing, refining, and adding on to your current skill sets. Finally, Andre had some great advice to those who thrive in a remote work environment. I understand it's a little unsettling right now. My LinkedIn feed is filled with numerous folks who have been impacted by layoffs. Every day, it seems, there's a large organization announcing layoffs. Andre's message is a great one to keep people grounded. If working from home works best for you, hold your ground. You know you best, and only you know what's going to work for you. As Andre said, stay true to yourself. Thanks again to Andre for his time and sharing his work from home forever story. If you have your own work from home story to tell, we'd love to have you on the podcast. Please go to wfhforever.com slash tell your story. Fill out the brief survey and we will be in touch soon. We really appreciate the positive feedback we received from you. Your ratings and your positive reviews will help us get in front of more listeners. So please keep it up. Thanks again for joining us on the Work From Home Forever podcast. I am your host, Don, and please join us again on our next episode.